Hello and welcome back to another episode of Control-Alt-Delete. Today I'm really excited to be joined by Nick Jones, CEO of Zumo, a new cryptocurrency wallet app. I've always wanted to know more about cryptocurrency and I've wanted to do an episode on it for ages, but I've never really known where to start, where to go or what to trust. For any newbies out there like me who are intrigued and interested in finding out ways to make their money work harder for them, then I think you'll enjoy this conversation. I'm being nosy and asking Nick all the questions I've always wanted to know about cryptocurrency, what to look out for, where it's headed and how we can get involved in a way that makes us feel safe and secure in the process. For more information on Zumo, you can visit zumo.money and I've also left some links in the show notes for you to find out more if you're interested. Hope you enjoyed this episode and here it is. So I'm really excited today to talk about a topic I've been thinking about for a long time and intrigued about to learn more about. So welcome to Nick Jones. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, hi Emma. So in the intro, I've kind of uh, given an overview of what Zumo is, but before we dive into the world of crypto, can't wait, um, would you just be able to sum up a little bit about your role and your background, just so people get a taste of that? Yeah, sure, no problem. So I'm, I'm one of the two um, the two founders of Zumo. Um, Paul, my co-founder, runs the product team and I run the commercial and strategy side of the business. So I'm the, I'm the CEO. I've spent the last 20 years um working in tech so right from the i started working in tech right at the end of the dot-com bubble bursting and 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 then um the beginnings of social and mobile and etc so i've been around most of the kind of the big the big leaps forward if you want to see them that way over the last over the last 20 years or so and paul and i've worked together a number of times before so um blockchain as a as a space i i would rate as the most exciting of all of those of all of those big milestones of the last 20 years so yeah it's a great space to be in is it kind of crazy when you look back over 20 years because so much has happened it almost makes us feel a little bit like dinosaurs when you like reflect back I mean it's um it, it's it's insane really if you look at the kind of the that scope of I mean I'm 45 and if I look at my um you know I, I try to explain to my five and eight year old daughters that we used to go out to a phone box to make phone calls in the evening there were four tv channels um you know we had a little black and white tv with a dial on the front so i suppose we it's interesting because i kind of the first half of my life my life was extremely analog and i guess my i had to write my master's year at university i had to, to write on a pc and started using the internet and my whole career has been has been in digital so it's just um it's almost kind of impossible to kind of comprehend properly the rate of the the speed at which the technology has has changed and been adopted um so yeah it, it is um yeah it is it's ever fascinating and i think i'm a, I'm a historian by training so I'm, I'm not a i'm not a kind of maths guy or a um or a scientist i've always hung around clever maths people and scientists um uh but i i kind of it, you know on a kind of high level i just enjoy that sweep of seeing how of, of seeing how how much change we're seeing in a in such a compressed state of time not not all of it for the for the better but i think most of it probably is on balance yeah, definitely. And obviously, there's always early adopters who get in on tech beforehand. And I suppose they must feel that sense of smugness that <laughs> it was it was all correct in people's judgments, that it was going to be big. But I feel like I've heard about Bitcoin for a long time. I've sort of brushed it aside sometimes as something I don't 
didn't need to research on or something that didn't wasn't for me. And what was really interesting about um, the BBC's podcast, The Missing Crypto Queen, I didn't think it would be a true crime podcast that would explain what blockchain was finally to me. Um, but it, it got me thinking about it as a whole. And obviously, it's not all scams. It is a genuine mainstream appeal for everyday people. So I just wondered, would you be able to talk a little about, bit about that? Are we at a point now where most people are taking it seriously? Um, yeah, I think it's it's still. Um, I think kind of consumer broader understanding is still is still pretty mixed and growing, and, and definitely um, the space has been reputationally compromised. Let's say on a number of levels, partly because there's no doubt at all that you know it has been open to a large number of scams from kind of horrible Ponzi schemes like um, like OneCoin, all the way you know through to you know phishing scams that happen now you know my mum phones me regularly to ask me if I if she should send bitcoin to a particular wallet address that someone's uh, Elon Musk has asked her to or whatever it is it's a straightforward kind of phishing scams you know people and we see this you know still on twitter now with um whether it's the Vinkovos brothers twitter account being hacked and you know asking for people to send bitcoin to a certain wallet address as with most new technologies, certainly early phases of the internet where you were kind of taking your life in your hands, putting your credit card details anywhere online, um, these things tend to be picked up early, you know, by by criminals, um, particularly by kind of digital criminals. And there's no doubt there is, you know, you, you have to be careful. But I think in, in the same way as, you know, I, I, I got a, I got a uh, you know, a, a phishing text by phishing scam yesterday that was unbelievably well crafted that was trying to get me to give my bank account details over, you know, my, my straightforward bank account details over when I clicked on it. So I think broadly apply the same common sense as you would apply to anything online to the Bitcoin space. And if it looks like a scam, it's probably it's probably a scam. And and you know, look at the email. Is the email really from who it says it's from? Or if you click down on the little arrow, is it a, is it not actually that email address at all? All all of those things. It's a bit like you know, don't let your guard down because it's in it because it's an exciting space. So I think there definitely have been a, a, an unfair you know a share of scams which have which have damaged the reputation. I think obviously the kind of the it was a fairly wild um seven or eight years from kind of the emergence of bitcoin through to um what they call the crypto winter so when the 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 original crypto bubble burst in 2017 there was a load of um kind of founder enrichment schemes let's call them where companies were built up and and raised lots of money very quickly um with these altcoins which were you know most of them had no actual purpose behind them the purpose was to raise money so lots of people lost lots of money on lots of pretty dodgy looking companies um and that again scarred the reputation and ultimately hurt the price of the kind of the key the key cryptos the key um you know bitcoin etc and they were hurt reputationally by that piece i think also it's fair to say that um you know, uh, you know, on a on a, again on a high level, it's pretty. It's kind of pretty anti-establishment piece. You know, taking out the middlemen, taking out central banks, taking out banks who take your money and lend it to other people and don't keep enough in reserve, is fairly disruptive. And I think it's definitely safe to say that the space has 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 been um, you know targeted by you know by the establishment because it, it it is pretty threatening to think that money flows out of the hands of those of those establishments and, in, and into people's hands so i think a mix of um the industry shooting itself in the foot some criminals and then the uh, you know um without being over dramatic the kind of establishment trying to do a bit of a hatchet job on the space 
and being threatened has has definitely damaged the reputation. Uh, there's been a sea change, um, I would say, probably since two th- since 2019 that's accelerated massively over the last year, which we'll probably talk about, you know, slightly separately. But um, you know, we, we founded the business at the end of 2017, and people's reaction was generally, "Are you mad?" and um, <laughs> and or uh, isn't it all just scams? Or, you know, Bitcoin's going to go to zero, isn't it? And obviously, we have this very simple test now where we tell, tell people what I'm doing. They're usually desperate to tell to, to tell you their story of buying their first Bitcoin or desperate to ask, should I buy it now? And it's just it's just this. It's a really simplistic kind of test of how people see it. But I think, um, yeah, so, I, I, you know, I think there has definitely been, um you know, it's had its rough ride as as the most new technologies when they when they come through. Um, and I think that generally now, if you look at the types of business, uh, hopefully Zumo is one of them. There's a lot of very good businesses that are beginning to come through with blockchain and crypto use cases, which you know, which are useful for people in the real world, which are additive to their lives and improve their lives and that's hopefully the state that we're now in. And I feel like it now is, there's a whole load of great businesses coming through and you can see that the, the, the quality of those businesses and user understanding of the space, even the, you know, we call it the kind of the FT test, what, how, how negative are the FT being about Bitcoin uh, this week? And I, I would even there, which is like the last bastion of uh, the last bastion of negativity, the tone has changed significantly from a sort of grudging acceptance um, you know, if you have JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs and other people all investing into Bitcoin, you know, it kind of they've obviously realized that just naysaying is not going to look particularly credible. So that's fascinating to see that that's gone from even even that has <laughs> even that has moved um, massively. So, yeah, we're definitely in a we're definitely in a very, very interesting period where I would say it's it is in the process of crossing over and, be- and becoming pretty mainstream. Totally. Because I feel like there was a divide, wasn't there, in the earlier days between people who thought they missed the boat and people who were like, you know, who got in there, I suppose, even though it doesn't have to be about making all these millions of pounds overnight. Mm. But for the everyday user, which I am one, um, who who's coming to this now, what does that look like in terms of using the app and you know, can you take money out and spend it? I know that you guys don't actually like own the wallets. Would Would you be able to explain a little bit about that? Yeah, no problem at all. So there's a, there's a load of interesting stuff there to kind of unpack a bit. So one is, yeah, you know, I, I think in any kind of, I, I am not a super, super early technology adopter. I, I would say that I like, I like to see you know, some evidence of, of, you know, I was not a Bitcoin buyer in 2010 uh, by any means, unfortunately. Um, and I think that, yeah, you know, obviously people who kind of are in that or get into those kind of early adopter clubs, it tends to become a bit exclusive and a bit, you know, we're, we're so we're clever than everyone else because we happen to have a few of these coins, which a thousand X in value, not by anything to do with of them, you know, and it's an, it's an interesting mechanism there, you know, Bitcoin particular crypto uh, and it's changing. I'm glad to say a bit of a kind of boys, bit of a boys club, a bit exclusive, a bit, we know what everybody else doesn't know, you know, the sheep and their, and their fiat currency. And it's a bit off-putting for most people, I suppose. I always advise people to stay off 
crypto Twitter <laughs> for a while if they can. I think there's loads of great kind of broader kind of influences and people talking about finance who writing some great stuff about cryptocurrency, but the crypto Twitter and Reddit to a certain level are a pretty interesting petri dish of um, of people uh, of people who think they all know better than everybody else. I think that can be off putting. I think it probably has off put people a bit. Am I too late? Have I missed out? And of course, we've all missed out on you know on um, on Bitcoin being worth absolutely peanuts. But um, you know, I, I think um, you know that's not. It's you know it, the whole point is it's there and it's accessible and and anyone can decide to buy into Bitcoin and other cryptos now, and you, you know you have to make a value a value judgment for yourself on is is it the right time for me to take some exposure against things you know against something which is you know still quite a new high risk investment. There's potentially some great returns. You know how does it fit in? I know we'll chat about that. How does it fit into other things? That, how does it fit into other things that you're doing? So yeah, so I suppose for us, one of the key things we're trying to do with Zumo is give, um, you know, somebody like yourself, uh, anyone ideally can pick up the app. Um, they can sign up. They can go through a, a KYC process that you know, so they know they're doing something legitimate. They get onto the app. You should be able to put money in from your bank account instantly and buy Bitcoin. And that should be a kind of 10 minute process from start to finish. At the end of that, you don't have to do anything um, weird with the Bitcoin. You don't have to send it off to keep it on a USB stick. You don't have to think about somewhere, you know, you can, you can store it with, you can store it within effectively within the Zumo app or actually on the blockchain, um, which is kind of the idea. That's how it, how it should be kept. And then you can interact with that. Um, you know, in a number of different ways. So you can you can you can store it there and watch the value go up up and down. It will go up and down. It's the key thing to it's the key thing to say. Often quite concerningly in the space of a day, but you know, fortunately over the last year or so, the trajectory has been has been you know, if you, if you do a, if you did a kind of a blended line, it's it's a pretty stellar trajectory upwards. But um, if you look at it in a twenty four hour period, it will it it can be pretty disconcerting. First of all, as you bounce as it bounces around, and I think it's interesting because we know we talk to our users all the time, and lots of people who've come on, bought their first crypto, you know, and, and are really fascinated to see to try and understand what's happening there and why and why and why it moves around. And hopefully, we're giving people a very transparent um, view of um of of why that is but a simplified experience and then if you decide you've you've you know you've made a return if you've you want to be able to move out or you know you've just made enough money that actually you know you can go out and you know go on that holiday or buy a bit of clothing or whatever it may happen to be pay university tuition fees you know whatever it might happen to be you might say well actually that 20 percent i've gained enough now um, I'll take out the 20% I've made pretty much instantly and I'll pop that back out into my bank account or I'll be able to spend it on with our visa card very shortly, et cetera, and be able to interact. And, and it's that kind of, you know, it's it's that sort of real world interaction between um you know, between um between crypto and normal and normal currency. But we you know, we're not a, explicitly a trading, a trading kind of platform. And I think there's loads of, you know, that's a whole different that whole idea of trading per se, being a day trader and having all the screens and and being looking at graphs twenty four seven and not going to sleep is is not really it's kind of not really what we're doing because it's not where most people are at. They want a simplified experience where they can kind of dip in and dip out of it with an app, but know that it's very robust 
and they're not going to lose their money and it's not a scam and all, all, all those other things we we're talking about. Yeah, so interesting. So interesting. Because I suppose I talk a lot about in my work just from a self-employment point of view and especially, you know, this podcast has a lot more women than men listening to it, for example. Um, talking about money is so important and I personally like having multiple income streams fingers and pies, a few different things going on, money in different bank accounts. It's almost like reducing your risk if you have security in lots of different places, I suppose. And it it came to mind talking about crypto because this isn't about putting all your eggs in one basket. I'm just excited to add something into my ecosystem. It just excites me. And I suppose this is a this is about reducing the risk as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think if you're... Um... If you're interested in, you know, interested in kind of, you know, managing managing your money, as you say, looking at different um, at different types of options and things that might give you a different type of return, and I guess also kind of broadly interested in, well, you know, maybe I'm not that comfortable with with um, you know the financial system as it's been. I probably haven't seen any interest on a savings account if you bothered having one. Haven't seen any interest on a savings account really since 2008. It's quite a long time, <laughs> you know, in any meaningful way. And you know, the stock market doesn't look particularly understandable at the moment when it's being kind of the prices being moved up and down by, um, you know, a load of people coordinating their buying actions on Reddit. Uh, you know, you've got it's a it's a fascinating time to be kind of um, thinking about how you kind of make money work harder for you and how you fit that into a kind of um, portfolio one or you call it multi-hyphen you know approach which I think is super it's super interesting I've done that myself for a long period of time before before Zumo um, and you know I think broadly there's obviously this huge trend that people want to have that that level of of control over those over those different pots I mean I think I think for us you know we, we you know again and, and or how we're in, um, how we I would encourage people to to look at the to look at the space is to think of it in that way, you know, what, where do I want, where, you know, where would you want exposure to more or less risk and, and to look at cryptos in that way. Some cryptocurrencies um, are very stable. There's actually cryptocurrencies called stable coins, which don't go up and down in value at all. They're pegged to the price of the dollar that you can just hold in, but you can actually do now start um, earning interest yield effectively on those stable coins that are much lower at a lower level, I don't know, 10% yield basis you know with it with a limited amount of risk exposure something like bitcoin which you know is, i don't know where we are this year you know it's gone up from you know if you bought i think on the 16th of march this year at three and a half thousand pounds and it's you know worth over 40k today you know so it's 10x in value this year but you know if you've been there is the opportunity it, it was sort of sitting at 16 whatever it was 16 17k before it went down to three so there you know there there's a huge there's there's a there's a you know we try and be very clear with people this is a this is a high risk um space it's why traders and people like it because there is money to be made in a day by moving the price up and down but you know you talk about people people talk you'll you'll hear about the um about people hodling which is a classic it's just a misspell of hold obviously that people get that the bitcoiners talk about hodling um you know that probably from a normal person from a normal person's point of view oh, i put myself in this absolutely i'm a pretty I'm a, I'm a, i make occasional disastrous attempts at day trading 
and uh, just go back to realizing if I just left the Bitcoin alone for three months, I'd have, <laughs> I'd have done significantly better than uh, fancying myself. But I kind of have these delusions of grandeur where I go back to it and I try and do that. I try and be really active managing it and always come back to the point that if I just left it there, I'd have made I'd have made a lot more money. So yeah, it's an interesting, you know, it's a high risk, potentially high return investment. You can do loads of reading. There's loads of academic, very intelligent people writing about um, it could go to, you know, X equally. There's a whole craft of people out there who said, who, who will still be telling you it could go to zero as ever. The truth is probably somewhere, somewhere in between. Um, but as long as you know your limits and you, um, you, you know, like anything on this stuff and, and you have it and you're putting a sensible amount of your wealth, your worth into it, then um, it's a really, it's kind of a fun new thing to participate in. And we see users who come on and, you know, buy, 300 quids worth of bitcoin and then they bought 10 or 20,000 pounds worth and you know you look at they're looking at the app 25 times a day and <laughs> you know it's a uh, you know it's it, it it's uh, it's really fascinating but i think what, what's happening in even in our space as i mentioned I and mean, we'll, we'll be we're, we um there's quite a big trend at the moment to provide a kind of mid risk alternative within crypto where you can you can effectively uh take some of your bitcoin or ethereum whatever the other ones are and and put those into um products that are more like you know um savings or savings or loan type products through decentralized finance which is one a big trend that's happening at the moment probably has that DeFi space is the one that really has the potential to disrupt kind of retail banking because um there is still some risk but you know you can Earn, and many, many people in the space are earning, you know, seven to fifteen percent monthly returns on their Bitcoin. So taking half the Bitcoin you own, leaving half of it in Bitcoin, putting half of it into a decentralized finance product, and earning um, yield, which is a crypto language for interest. <laughs> it's not any more confusing than that. If you're ever looking at it, it just means earning interest that you tend to get paid out monthly, um, and you can borrow against that as well. And there's all sorts of fascinating things because there's no intermediary um forcing the price up there's no intermediary taking fees not much not much in the way of fees so things like lending incredibly interesting you know it won't be long before we see kind of bitcoin based mortgages which is a really fascinating wow. alternative for people who you know from a credit history point of view from a financial inclusion point of view just in, you know really really interesting that you could be lent against your your crypto assets that you that you own and you can borrow now so that stuff to me that's the that's the really exciting bit from a from a sort of earning point of view that you'll be able to have you can do some trading you can hold some of the key cryptos in one pot you have some some decentralized finance type earnings and borrow if you need to um, in another pot. And then the other really interesting bit is that, you know, you will start being able to pay for things much more easily directly in the cryptos as well. And there are, there are a number of kind of cryptos that are coming through, which make things significantly cheaper and faster to pay for stuff and to do things like send money to family in a different country, you know, without all of the hideous fees that you currently have to pay through traditional kind of um, wire transfer um, cash things. So there's a load of, there's a load more dis disruption which comes from the broader kind of underlying blockchain piece which all comes down to the original satoshi vision of you know and this is a heavily simplified but remove the middleman and you have a better and you have a better system because the middleman is essentially just out to profit for them out to profit for themselves and not, and not really doing any good for you
So interesting. And through your kind of historian lens as well, it feels like we're in this time of huge change, but also quite a lot of traditional companies. Like, for example, I had a portfolio with um, like a traditional wealth management company a few years ago, and they just send you these letters and these like big files of printed paper. And I'm thinking, this is so backwards I just want to do it on my phone I just this is like why haven't people evolved and then on the other side there's you know what you're doing there's like Anne Bowden from Starling Bank who literally just decided one day I'm gonna start my own bank and it's um it's almost like two ends of the spectrum at the moment and how do you feel about where we are right now yeah I I think that I think that's absolutely right and Starling's obviously a massive um you know massive kind of inspiration as a as a kind of disruptor of that traditional um that traditional retail retail banking sphere, uh, business and one, one that we kind of have a bit of a kind of poster child for us as a you know as a business that you'd like to be like when you grow up um and um you know I, yeah so it's it's in a really interesting point i think i think that one of the good things is i think consumer you know you look at it for consumers i think consumers are starting to finally being able to be presented with actual with actual choice in in the space rather than you know just lots of different shades of the same of the same thing you know a different tv ad but exactly the same products from every company that's out there and and um you know i think that that is that is it that's just on a basic level that's extremely exciting that that people will have you know are having actual choice you know, real, real choice. And I believe, you know, significantly, um, you know, significantly more control. And I think that's, that's obviously, you know, mass, you know, massive macro trend that people want to know, where's my money going? What's it being put to work doing? I don't want it being put to work doing that. Um, you know, that particular thing, why can't my investment management company talk to me about sustainability you know, why do they kind of they, they glaze over if I start asking them about where I want my money to go into a certain space or others? So I think this direct, you know, investment piece, um, and we, you know, we're, you know, again, this is looking a long way into the future, but I mean, we're super interested in how you start putting those things together, you know, how you start having um, uh, kind of tokenized versions of kind of real world, real world assets. Again, something that we're starting to see at the moment with, with, um, NFTs, uh, the Kings of Leon album last week being released uh, released on the crypto basis and fans buying NFTs around that. But real real world other types of assets being kind of tradable without a middleman and for you to be able to really decide where your money's going and what it's being put to work to doing. I mean, that to me is the that's that is the that is the 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 original you know, Satoshi view, vision, try, you know, coming, coming through. That's what, that's what was envisaged. Yeah. This, um, you know, trustless system where we've, where we've all got significantly, significant more, con- significantly more control, um, you know, of, of what our money's doing for us and, and where it's going. And I just think that will, you know, that will eventually lead to much better outcomes 
for a much wider range of people and, and and hopefully you don't find out that you as i say that you're actually invested in a fund that's still massively investing in heavily carbon generating industries or you know whatever it may happen to be it's that level of control i think is super important and and actually i think um you know the crypto space has been sort of notoriously I mentioned earlier, kind of a bit of a boys club. I think when we looked at it like three years ago, it was kind of 90-10 towards men owning crypto. That's definitely moved fairly significantly. I think it's probably, you know, it's it's still over-indexed towards men, but I think it's moving quite fast. Toward, it's moving quite fast. You know, our user base is definitely not 90-10. It's probably more like 65-35 or something along, along those lines. And I think that's part of kind of having a deliberately non-geeky, non-exclusive feeling product one that actually just works one that just works well um and that that's a key a, a key thing for us as is our age our age range on the product is actually really 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 broad as well which i which is something i'm quite proud of but yeah i, I just think that that's the direction of travel right that, that that people want to people want to be able to exercise that control but you don't necessarily want to have to spend half your life doing it I think that's the, that's the whole point about yeah. the, about the convenience aspect as well and to be able to do that you need trans, you need transparency and you need to know what you're buying and what you're interacting with yeah and I mean to anyone listening who is really genuinely curious about getting started uh, I know that there's a lot out there at the moment on this topic and you know I wanted I was really excited to talk to you because you know, I'm, I can't wait to try it out. I, knowing something is safe and secure and knowing so much about it before you get involved is obviously really important. And there's all sorts of people like on Clubhouse or all these live streaming apps, like talking about things and not everything's verified, not everything's the truth. And I, I just wondered, is there like a good place to come back to for people to check before they go ahead and do things? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I come back, what I've come back to what I said at the start is, you know, it, if it seems too good to be true, it almost definitely is, um, you know, and I think there, you know, there are still, there are still very quick ways to lose a lot of money very quickly, you know, in, in that DeFi space, for example, that we were talking about, there's almost like a bit of a second wave of, of the, um, the kind of the, the ICO bubble of 2016. There's hundreds of coins sitting on exchanges like Uniswap, Uniswap, which are potentially amazing. And there's a number in there that are really fantastic projects, super interesting. But there's still, you know, there's still lots and lots of projects which are, you know, which which range from kind of outright scams to just not very good to kind of that founder enrichment type of um, thing again and I just I, my your concern is you know you read about a coin that's the next big thing and it's going to xxx thousand percent and it seems it seems so attractive and you know that you know that it you know it's appealing to a basic human instinct right we all we, we want to have more we want to have more money for whatever those reasons are that might happen to be but ultimately it's something that everybody on some level is attracted to the that, you know, back to the whole get rich quick scheme, right? The Ponzi scheme uh, 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 exists because it preys on a kind of basic human weakness that um, that might be an easy way of suddenly having a lot more than you've got. And I think if you just apply that, just really applying that filter, you know, it's like being, you know, doubly careful at night when you go on holiday, not relaxing in the city that you've never been to and walking around, you know, holding your phone with your wallet hanging out your pocket. It's about being actually more cautious at that point. So I think probably when you're going into crypto, it's probably slightly torturous analogy, but when you're going into crypto and looking at this stuff, you know, be cynical, have your guard up. If someone's trying to um, 
you know, if it sounds like someone's trying to show you something, they probably are. You know, that's that's the reality. And why why what's their interest in it? Maybe they're just they've they've drunk the Kool-Aid and they're they've decided it's the next big thing and they're desperate to tell everyone, or maybe they're just being paid to tell you that and it's almost impossible to, to tell whether they are or not. So I just think do you do your own research, you know, I treat anything on Reddit, Twitter, Clubhouse with a high degree of of skepticism unless it's from you know there is a few very you know there there's some good people out there to read i think go back and research the projects you know look and see whether they're on any of the big kind of crypto news sites on coindesk and coin telegraph look and see if they're being written about on forbes or and read the how to you know some great like how to guides on on non kind of pure crypto sites like places like the verge you know really great content for for kind of beginners there's a great site in the uk the crypto curry club i really highly recommend that's um that has some fantastic comment about crypto and more like a more blockchain and more blockchain in general really interested on the financial inclusion piece so i think it is just about doing the reference checking and and also just the space is it is super exciting and people are incredibly enthusiastic about it because of its potential to to change you know to change things quite dramatically and so, yeah, people who are very, 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 very passionate and enthusiastic about it, and, and it's not a scam, they just, they are, you know, they are very, very, very keen to tell you about how wonderful everything is. So I think it's just about, it's just about applying a filter as you would do with anything else and cross check and see if you can get the same opinion on five or six different places and then, and then start small. It's interesting because for me, I'm so intrigued and want to get involved, not necessarily for like a financial agenda, but more if this is going to be a part of our future, I want to know about it. And I think when we talk about being empowered or whatever, it's like, well, knowledge is power when when it comes to these things. And we have to, you know, we can't shy away from new tech, even if it scares us a little bit, I suppose. How much of this do you think will be part of the future? Do you have any sort of not predictions, but just how much do you think this will be part of our daily lives in the future? I think it will be a massive part of our daily lives. I think you've got most governments around the world looking at how they move to a central bank digital currency situation where they can issue they can issue the central currency directly to people um, because of the efficiencies in doing that environmentally, all sorts of huge benefits, um, which, you know, itself is incredibly disruptive because you know just that issuing cash through retail banks piece if that 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 from a, how that changes people's relationship with their money is is quite is quite amazing um i think that more broadly the transparency and visibility of ownership pieces is a is a macro that goes across you know cuts cuts right across a number of areas and kind of speaks more to the kind of the broader impact of blockchain and where blockchain technology can 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 change a number of things. So I, I you know I think I think massive is the answer and that's why I think it's important to engage with it now. I mean I think that um you know ID the idea that you know blockchain will probably power will probably power digital ID which will be tied to your um can be tied to your assets which will be tied to how you interact with um the internet. Um, and how you exchange contracts with other people, you know, there's an in- incredible, <laughs> there's so much scope, to, there's, there's so much um, scope for the space. I think that's right. I think it's about kind of get a toe in the water 
and start understanding the direction of travel. I think that's absolutely the right kind of attitude, absolutely the right attitude to it at the moment. It's it's a co- it's a kind of like an alongside system at the moment, and it's a, it's a, that's which is doubly fascinating because we're we're really seeing two worlds colliding, which again is a super interesting thing to the to the cat if you're interested in that kind of stuff. That was that's interesting that point you made though about it being your digital kind of footprint because I actually saw a government petition today. Don't know who started it. I think it's on sixty thousand signatures of, you know, having a, a verified ID so that anonymity is no longer an option. It's quite interesting. Many of the kind of earlier Bitcoiners and the the and the people who, uh, uh, would would be pretty scared about that because the the anonymous thing is definitely became a big part of that. I mean, I think the reality is is that um, you know that that has enormous broader societal benefits, and and you're really seeing that in emerging. In emerging markets, you know, India with this incredible um, digital ID program, I think over a billion people now have a digital ID in India. Um, and and if you look at how that's tied to a whole generation in Africa now who've kind of not skipping a bank account because it's too hard to get a bank account, much easier to have a digital wallet and to do SIM to SIM payments and for your ID to be attached to your device and your social media footprint. I mean, I think what's interesting is this stuff's happening much faster as usual in places that don't have legacy infrastructure and legacy key holders whose cheese is being moved by things changing. So it's a lot easier, you know, and, you know, in Africa, for example, it's mainly being driven by mobile um, you know, by the fact that no, you know, just just on a basic level, no copper cable phone infrastructure to base the internet on. So it's just jumped straight to mobile. So actually, in terms of mobile payments and mobile digital ID, Africa's way, way ahead, uh, you know, of Europe, where we kind of, we've sort of fitted a new system around what we had in place already. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, that, that to me is exciting that the inclusion, the inclusion piece, you know, is still, um, you know, in the UK even, you know, I don't know, a million and a half odd people without a bank account. Most of those people probably can't get a bank account because they don't have an address. If you don't have an, you know, it's a vicious circle, you know, you're living in a and b or you're homeless, whatever it is, you can't get an address because, and you can't get a bank account and you probably can't get a job because you don't have a bank account or you end up getting paid cash. The whole thing is this, is this kind of horrible cycle. So yeah, that's one of the, you know that again. If you can, if you can tie ID to a digital footprint and to your and to your finances and your ability to have those assets and borrow and and, and earn money without all of the vested interests in the middle, that's the utopian view. It's not going to happen overnight. But I think that that's one. That's the one. That's the that's the kind of the exciting bit. That's the bit that's a bit more exciting than can you just make a few quid off Bitcoin? Although that's that's good as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so fascinating. Thank you. And I guess I just wanted to end on maybe more of a personal question to you, I suppose, just what your, what what's the most exciting thing for you? Because I guess, I don't know if I'm assuming, but uh, it must be quite rewarding in some ways to go against the grain. Um, you know, these big, like you say, like gatekeepers and establishments and traditional ways of working and shaking things up is quite exciting i mean what what brings you like to work every day on a good day uh, yeah that's a good that's a good question <laughs> yeah i mean that definitely is a part of it i think um on a number of different levels i think you know kind of having worked in the early days of of internet and seeing how that original tim berners lee original vision has been corrupted and kind of ruined so badly 
that we've now got this state where four companies own all the data in the world and you know are, are having these heinous effects on society through you know manipulation and of everything from elections to the economy to you know um the kind of the the polarization of opinion in society which didn't used to be you know i i kind of so depressed by all of that that the, that's what drew me to blockchain was the fact that it was this idea of self-sovereignty the idea that you could reclaim control of your own data this kind of people-powered internet and for me that was the that was the gateway the gateway into it was that and then the second piece was I know probably always been a, uh, um, a bit of a lefty and being kind of anti, uh, <laughs> vaguely kind of anti, um, anti-establishment uh, or, or uh, and aware of kind of financial injustice, of some of the financial injustices. You know, I've always worked commercially um, and and I think that, 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 that getting very excited about that same level of impact on the financial system and particularly being so aware of you know, how cataclysmic 2008 was for most people. You know, I was very lucky. I bought a house in 2004. I had a business that was going quite well in 2008. I kind of got off fairly lightly. But for everybody, which includes, you know, nephews and nieces and and many friends and people who've worked for me and whatever over the years, what a cataclysm that has been. And the fact that nothing's really improved for people since then. And if anything, it's got significantly worse for a lot of, you know, for a lot of people, and it's so incomprehensible that you know the money kind of keeps on going up, and um, you know, uh, uh, um, and so that piece, yeah, I mean, you know, great to be able to get in amongst that and, and be part, be a small part of something which puts, which helps normal people redress that balance and and be in control and kind of threaten the status quo, which you know is only a status quo that's existed for 40 odd years you know we're very good at convincing ourselves that all the money's been in the hands of the bankers and big corporations forever i mean it hasn't that's just not that's not mm-hmm. history so it would be good to it'd be good to be a part a small part of undoing some of that thinking and uh <laughs> be, be yeah. back and put power a bit more in the hands of uh you know in the hands of people i think on a good day that's what gets me that's what gets me out yeah. of bed in the morning I love that. I love that. And there is there is a vibe to Zumo that comes across very organically that there is like this kind of mission. There's there's something there. There's like a good feeling about it. And um, that really comes across. But if anyone is up for trying it out, do you, do you recommend starting small? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, an amount that you feel that you feel comfortable with. We see a sort of typical first deposit of anywhere between like 100 and 500 quid equally there's people that come on and put 10 or 15 pounds in and we have other people who are first time depositors who've obviously been thinking about it a lot and come on and buy a bitcoin because they've obviously just been waiting and and so it will just depend on where you are in that in that personal journey but definitely just an amount that doesn't give you the that doesn't give you the heebie-jeebies that you don't have any if it does go down 30 percent overnight you kind of go oh well it's gone down 30% not, um, am I going to feed myself or, um, you know, send my kid to university or, or, or whatever. So yeah, it's just about, again, it's probably just about applying a bit of, um, a bit of common sense. Definitely. And that's the fun of it, I suppose, because you've made that commitment and it's like, you're going in with an intention, yeah. which is I'm up for this and, you know, I'm willing to part ways with it and see where it goes. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah quite yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well put. <laughs> 
Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like you would be a really great dinner party guest, <laughs> which is like basically what this podcast is, just me like picking your brain. So thank you so much for coming on. No, I really appreciate it. It's been a really good conversation, Emma. Thanks.